gold still holding, Bitcoin still holding. Lauren Bobert drove around the planet's 24,901 mile circumference. The dollar's holding. We got some big news in the uranium space. We're gonna talk about Matthew McConaughey's speech, Uvalde resident. We're gonna talk Cuba versus Saudi Arabia. And we're going to talk Mr. Joe Biden in a presidency that increasingly looks like it's going in the wrong direction, folks. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 173 of our weekly therapy session, otherwise known as Bizarro World. How are you, Mr. Hodge? I'm doing great, Gerardo. I forgot to turn on my light, so I hope I'm not uh, you know, too dark in this. Let me just reach down for a second. You you exude a calm, vibrant light and aura, Nick. You don't even oh, need the light. Well, you know, when you're filming, you have to you have to be you have to be nice and bright. I love the film The Police shirt. Thank you. I have a hoodie of my own, chilled local. I encourage love everybody it. to go to chilledlocal.com. This was actually a gift from a subscriber who awesome. has recently done well with a couple of picks and was generous enough to reach out and tell me that he has this website and he has this merch company and he, he just wanted to kind of send over a sweater. So as you know, Nick, that always feels good because we definitely don't get them all right when you get them right. It's, it's nice when they count for people. You never really know what people are doing and what they're not doing. So yeah, it's been it's been nice to get a couple of nice notes here recently, and uh, hopefully we can keep that going. Well done to you, and congratulations to the subscriber, and that's a pretty cool shirt. It's, it's a pretty cool shirt. What do we got to talk about, Nick? What's going on in the broader indices? Everything you said was going to go on, more downside risk, volatility still elevated, mortgage rate, you know, elevated, mortgage applications, 22-year low. Bond yields getting away from me though, which which hasn't been too right. U.S. ten year over three um, percent, but uh, still feeling good about my allocations and and the calls I've made. And yeah, there's plenty to talk about. So you let me know where you want to start. Let's start with <laughs> none of what I just said. Let's start with PDAC. I'm convinced I'm never going to make it to Canada, and so I have been extremely excited to get to PDAC. I haven't been there before. Um, you and I have tried this for years and whether it's COVID restrictions, other restrictions, um, schedule conflicts, it just hasn't happened. So, you know, a week and a half ago, I, I finally bought my ticket and I booked my hotel and the hotel, everything was sold out. I mentioned that last week, but I was able to find, you know, a, a hotel that just put me near where PDAC was going to be and, and perfectly fine with Ubering and or walking. And so I was excited for all of that. And now I, I, I got the heads up from a CEO earlier today who happens to live in Toronto. And he said, you might want to research and reconsider coming out here if you're only coming out here for a couple of days, because you're going to probably spend one of those days in an airport. And I said, what, what do you mean? Just because it's busy? He goes, oh, no, no, no. It's more than that. It's an absolute shit show. And so, of course, I'm Googling and... Um, and the former NHL hockey player who was just saying, you know, Pearson Airport is the worst place on earth right now. Obviously, a first world take. It's not the worst place on earth. But I, I understood the frustration that he was trying to convey. There's, there's lines that are lasting three, four, five hours at customs. There's a third of the flights are being canceled. And so I say all that to say that 
damn it, I'm having to cancel my PDAC trip because I don't have the luxury of being able to spend, you know, half a day or a full day at the airport. It was already kind of a rush trip. It was a, you know, one full day on the 13th, most of the 14th and try to get back that night type of trip. And with, you know, with the, with the potential for delays and or a positive COVID test, because the U.S. is requiring a positive COVID test if I fly back or a negative COVID test, if I have a positive COVID test, they want me to stay in Canada for 14 days. It's my wife and I, my wife and I's 20th anniversary is on the 15th. That's not going to fly. And so I'm, I'm a little bummed out that I'm going to miss it. But Toronto, come on, you got to get it together, baby. What are we doing here? I'm dying what to see are, you, girl. <laughs> what are they doing? Why is the, is, is it all COVID related? It's, it's, they have the perfect storm of everything, right? They have labor shortages or they're short staff. The people they've hired are all brand new. So the screeners don't know how to do it efficiently. Um, the restrictions coming back into the U.S., you know, that, that Mr. Biden hasn't lifted another, mm -hmm. you know, failed policy. I think that's such a simple fix, right? Most and of it costs when I came when I came back in from Vancouver the other week, 130 bucks to go in the basement of the hotel and get the swab up my nose so I could have a negative test. Yeah. Right. And and so we're talking science and, and, and we're not requiring that if we drive back, because that was going to be my backup plan is if I got stuck, I was going to mm. take a bus to Buffalo. But if we're not requiring it by sea and we're not requiring it by land, then what the fuck are we doing, Joe? Like, can we at least get some consistency? And this goes back to our conversations that we had during COVID. I'm fine playing by the rules as long as everyone's playing by the rules and the rules make some sense. Mm -hmm. They don't even have to be completely logical. Just show me that you're putting an effort to having a practical policy. This is, again, just another failed, uh, thoughtless, policy. It makes zero sense. And it's costing a, a very friendly partner to us, Canada, and us, the United States. It's costing us dollars and productivity because I would love to go to Toronto and buy drinks and buy coffees and stay at the hotel and contribute to that local economy. And I would love to be able to get back here and do the same and, and share my stories. And unfortunately, because of how difficult the travel situation is is, 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 is being compounded by dumb policy on our side and ineffective, um, you know, stewardship when it comes to the airport, the staff and, and the flights. I, I, I just I, I don't have the flexibility to take that risk. So I'm having to cancel. But, you know, the thing that got me the most was was the two things was if I ended up testing positive for COVID, I'm staying for 14 days. And and the other part being a third of the flights out of Pearson are being canceled. And Pearson is saying it won't have this result till at least the end of the month. You so, know, uh, with the strong dollar, every four drinks you buy, the fifth one is free with a 25% uh, currency fluctuation there. I was trying to put it into the test. I'm trying to spend some of my Patriot dollars. That's what I'm calling it. I'm calling it <laughs> Patriot Bucks and Nevada Sunrise Gold Dollars. Love That's going to be my motto for the rest of the year. I have a... I have a in-house bet with myself at Twitter about who goes, who goes to, to, who goes first? Patriots at five bucks or Nevada Sunrise Gold to 50 cents. So we've seen, we've seen Nevada Sunrise Gold jump this week. It's at 33 cents as of Thursday, June the 9th. Patriots pulled back a little. It's at the 350 range. Um, let's see what the news flow brings and let's see which one gets to where it's going. But, you know, I put this up on Twitter a month ago. I think when Patriot was like two bucks and Nevada Sunrise Gold was like 12 cents and, 
you know, the usual people like, oh, you're dumb. You're pumping and promoting a stock or what have you. I'm sure that's what people thought. And like, no, I just own boatloads of both. And I actually am rooting for both of them and think, you know, they're onto something pretty significant. Um, and, and now I think the market's starting to wake up to it. And you already know my private predictions for Patriot share price in the next 12 months, which I won't I won't make public yet because subscribers haven't heard it. And I don't think that's fair. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enthused. I'm excited and I'm happy for Warren at Nevada Sunrise Gold because I think you know, he, 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 he's onto something that I think could be pretty significant out there. Singing the jingle. I'm sure he is. I like it. I like it. So I said all that to say, that's what I wanted to start with the chaos at PDAC. Um, if it's not really PDAC, it's really just Toronto and Pearson airport. So sorry that I'll miss it guys and gals was looking forward to catching up. Let's see if we can get the next one, right? Let's talk gold. Let's get into that bastion of stability, right, Nick? I mean, it's holding up really well, you know, a tiny bit of softness this week as the Dollar strengthened just a tiny bit, and as rates went back over three percent, the ten-year at least, but um, it's still wedging nicely. So you know, if you look at the chart, it's wedging itself up to that breakout level around eighteen hundred and eighty, and if it can hold, I call it where it is now, basically eighteen forty-ish, you know, with the tilde, um, then then it's in really good shape. And, and and you know, I know people are worried. I hadn't asked me anything with Brian London this week, and then people are worried, uh, you know, about out of control interest rates and why isn't gold performing and they don't want to hear the relative argument you know everything else is down 20 or 25 percent and gold is still hanging in there that's not good enough for them but um it is good enough really uh in the in the macro grand scheme of things to have uh gold holding up with the dollar and rates as strong as they have been so um uh, not much else to say there. You know, I got bids in to buy GLD. I got bids in to buy uh, FNV. I got some bids in to buy a bit more uh, revival if there's a little bit of more softness, right? So um, by the time this is out, we'll have gotten the May inflation number, which uh, comes out on Friday, June 10th. Interested to see how markets react to that. Um, I know you had inflation uh, on the list. I probably jumped around to a couple of topics here, but they all sort of interrelate. Um, Inflation is still going to be high, you know. I'm not sure if it's cooling. The the point is that it's not going up as fast as it was. I mean, it's going to be an eight percent ish number, I'm sure, um, and that's high inflation. It's still forty year high inflation, but that's not going up like it was before six, seven, eight, you know, a percent at a time. It's marginally going up now, and so uh, nonetheless, that uh, now I'm really jumping all over the place. Still, really affects the consumer, and with energy prices as high as they are, um, you're pretty much staring at a recession at this point and um, post-recession is, is, is when uh, gold really shines and, and post-Fred rate hikes as we saw in, in the 2015 cycle. So I'm pretty excited about gold. I've, I've, I've got a real short list of things I want to concentrate on and um, I think you get a good second half 2022, uh, early 2023 for sure. I think we have new all-time highs on the way. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm excited about gold holding this 1850-ish level in the face of a 10-year that's a 3.07, 3.08, and a dollar that's still firmly above that 102 line it's with terrible. oil prices at $122 a barrel. If you would have told me that the 10-year was running to 307, 308, that the dollar was going to be closer to 103 than 95, and that oil is going to be $122, and, oil, and, and that gold is going to hold up the way it has, I would have told you, no, gold is likely dropping to 1400 That hasn't been the case. And that tells me it's a lot more resilient than people give it credit for. Though I think, though I think, I, I, I suspect that 
the, the, the next run higher is going to have a lot of people with FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. And then I think it's going to get really, really fun, which is also what I think about the uranium space. We had some pretty big news this week. I know you wanted to comment there, Nick. I was just going to say the crypto soldiers who might be on the way. And, and, and look, you had that, that great conversation with Brian London, right? And I, I watched the first half of it and subsequently caught um, the rest of it. But I, I know that you were getting a lot of questions about you know, your thoughts on gold and, and you're, you're pretty clear about the direction that you think it's going to take. And I, I, I love the comment that comes from a presentation you made at the New Orleans, New Orleans Investment Conference. I thought it was uh, well said, well described, and I think it's very apt for what we're going to see here. So long-winded way as always of saying probably should start nibbling on some of those better gold names, the Revival Golds. Um, Magna had itself a tough quarter. It seems like the geologic model didn't hold up the way it was supposed to for a quarter. I understand and think that's been remedied. And I know that the all-sustaining cost on the production profile ballooned up because of that. I think, I hope, because I'm still extremely supportive of the company, that it's a one-quarter problem. And at these levels, Magna is extremely appealing. And then if you want a lottery ticket, I still think Ixtaca is one of the best undeveloped assets out there, right? The Ixtaca project in Mexico owned by Almaden Minerals. So as everyone knows, that's gotten hit because of the simple fact that the permitting delays, that uh, the New York funded NGOs that are, you know, rallying communities, you know, near the project um, to, to, to stir up stuff. And, you know, they're trying to rewrite the Mexican constitution's mining laws, which again, isn't going to happen. So I, I think we get news, you know, this year, but do we get news in Q4? Do we get news next week? Nobody really knows with Almaden and then with Almaden, the risk there is time. I, I still believe that's a project that gets permitted. And I, you know, it's a lottery ticket at this point, right? That's right. Yeah, no, it's risky. You don't know which way the court decision is going to go. It's still um, in limbo. I'll tell you one that I've been queuing up on my screen more and more and, and, and just trying to decide when to pull the trigger. And uh, one people might want to look at is, is Anna Cortez, right? Mm. Uh, Ticker XYZ. I mean, that market cap is below $40 million and they're drilling right now. We'll have assays out this summer. Um, and that's one of the highest grade oxide resources uh uh, on the planet, and and they had some pretty splashy drill results the last time that it was drilled, and, and they're just going to put out similar results. So um, you might want to check that out and get ahead of it. That's a that's a cheap stock at a thirty eight thirty nine million dollar Canadian market cap. Couple Especially because they raise money over over two bucks at the private level, and so there's not a lot of sellers. Uh, there's not a lot of cheap paper there. Yeah, and, and look, let's be clear. One of the early holes of that program is going to test hole RTC255, and I'm reading it here from the release. You mentioned um, splashy results. Let me let me put some context to that. It was 173 meters of 3.12 grams per ton gold. Um, I, I don't think it's a one-off. I know that the CEO believes in conversations we've had that they could have five and maybe 10 million ounces of high-grade oxide gold on that property, and so um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what those first few holes return. And the market's returning, or excuse me, the market's rewarding. Um, you know, high-grade intercepts. Um, I was reading about Lion One this week. I don't know if you've seen those that drill result. You might have to cue that up while you're in the screen there. Lion One, I missed that one. Let's see. Yes. Holy smoke. 76 <laughs> meters of 20.86 grams per ton. I missed yes, that sir. one. That's that's that. Yeah, that's uh, that's very good. 
<laughs> and the charts and the charts and match, right? I love it. The market it took it went from a dollar to a buck seventy really quick. And so you're a hundred percent right. The market is rewarding good drill results. And you know, for people listening that are frustrated with the market and the portfolio for some of you, because you're mostly in gold stocks and you didn't buy lithium stocks and you didn't buy really good battery metal stocks and you didn't buy copper stocks because you just believe gold is the only way to go. This is the time where you should rejoice. If you have some capital, you should be adding to the Anna Cortezes of the world. You should be adding to the Revival Golds. I, we should be adding to the Magna Golds of the world because we're not buying those stocks and we didn't buy those stocks in the first place to sell during what's you know pretty much a bear market right now in the gold space because there's few bids. We bought for those new all-time highs and when the speculative capital gets back in, that's when you should be upset. If, the mar- if that's still the market when you're trying to sell, I don't think anybody's trying to sell other than for tax laws reasons right now. You shouldn't be anyhow. You should be adding. I'm going to start writing these names down on the back of a pizza box during these talks. I might get more views. And, and you got to do your hair different, Nick. Yeah, I, I, see you got, I see you got a cut and an attempt to just kind of you know, <laughs> jazz it up a little bit. You got a cool shirt. I don't know. Try you it. need to throw a, a, a bro or two out there. Going to be a little more hip. A little bit, a little bit. We're getting old, man. We're getting old. It just is what it is, right? We're old souls. Um, we got to talk uranium. We got some big news in the uranium space, right? Uh, the Department of Energy is asking Congress for $3.5 billion, that's U.S., to buy domestically sourced low-enriched uranium. And look, the bottom line is the feed from that's going to come from a few places. It's going to be the U.S. It's going to come from Canada. Hi. And it's going to come from our friends in Australia if, if, if what, what, what the goal is to keep it, keep, 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 you know, Russian uranium and all of these other countries that we have some issues with right now, if we're going to keep away from those sources. And it was worded very specifically. And so, again, the uranium space being a tiny space, there is only two handfuls of quality companies between the producers and, 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 and the explorers that are really worth owning. And that space is tiny. So for that amount of capital to come to the space, I'm excited to see the results here between now and year end, because I actually think that unlike, you know, a lot, most of the issues in our country, everything from immigration to gun control to giving everybody the same rights, you know, not investigating transgender kids and their families for crimes when they're just trying to be, uh, unlike all of those things that we don't do well in this country, the one thing that we do do well is print money. And so I do think they print the money and I do think there's bipartisan support for this. And I, I, I think it's that bodes well for a lot of the companies in our portfolio, Nick. Uh, you know, we've been saying that it was a classic pullback in the uranium bull market. Um, there were still some things that had to unfold and, and this is just the next shoe to drop. So um, we've had the administration mentioning critical metals recently, battery metals, and the need to secure those supply chains. And everyone was wondering when uranium was going to come. Well, you know, it just came. And so uh, you're right. There's not a lot of names to, to look at there. We've got a couple quality ones in the portfolio um, already. And, and you should go poking around. Like I was looking at Denison earlier this week and, and all of a sudden UEC's got a higher market cap than Denison. I mean, you know, Denison's got a mill that um, you know, produces some 10% of the, the world's uranium passes through that mill. And um, there's names out there that are that are values. But, you know, what really caught my eye was the wording. You mentioned the, the wording from the administration. And of course, it's always an official who doesn't want to be named. But they were saying that the funding <laughs> is urgent. It was urgently needed was the, the one phrase. 
And then the other one was if we have an interruption in the supply of uranium, that um, it could cause um, interruptions or disruptions in commercial nuclear reactors. Well, uh, you know, if you're translating that into common parlance, that means the lights go out, right? Which is what Rick Rule has always said, you know, the price goes up or the lights go out. And uh, securing the uranium supply uh, so we don't have operational disruptions at nuclear plants is exactly what that was saying, just not as cleverly. Agreed. Agreed. And meanwhile, again, I, I'm going to poke at Pelosi and the Dems on this one because lately a lot of their stuff hasn't made a lot of sense. And you know, you know her husband got arrested too, right? DUI, correct? Yeah, anyway, you didn't see I wonder that. if he was like, all over the place. I, I wonder if he was in the cell, like trading stocks and calling his broker and stuff. <laughs> That's what I right? Excuse me, I've got to do some hedging trades. <laughs> So meanwhile, the, 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 the White House wants to tax oil and gas windfall profits. I mean, I don't know whatever happened to, to believing in the business cycle, but it's they're making everything up at this point. The politicians on all sides are just making it all up, folks. And I've I've referenced a few of, of, of the Democrats, you know, uh, blunders. But, you know, let's talk about the other side, too. We just had a, a, a vote on on gun control. Um, that passed the House and it's going to the Senate and and everybody knows it's got no chance in passing because we have so many Republicans that are hell-bent on licking the lobbyists' behinds um, because they grease their campaign contributions according to how high they jump and how much they lick, right? And so Matthew McConaughey, who's a Uvalde resident, he was born there, gave a beautiful speech about being a gun owner, about not wanting government to take his guns, but about how there's so many more things that responsible gun owners want to do so that idiots like the idiot that decapitated all these beautiful babies in Uvalde don't have access to AR-15s and thousands of rounds of bullets within the same time frame where he's upset and wanting to go on a murderous rampage. Now, if we had a red flag law where a family member or a friend could have called in and said, hey, he's making threats. Here's the source. You know, make sure that he's on a list where he can't buy a gun from a gun show or a pawn shop or any other legal means. Would that have prevented everything? I don't know, but it would have made it a little bit more difficult if he wasn't allowed to purchase thousands of rounds of ammunition. I don't know that he doesn't find ammunition elsewhere, but I know it would have made it a tad bit more difficult. Maybe he calms down on day two or day three. Maybe somebody gets the kid some help. Maybe somebody arrest them. A lot of maybes, but we'll never know because we don't have common sense gun laws here in this country. I want to read a little bit about what Matthew McConaughey sa said. He said, we hear from so many people, families of the deceased, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, Texas Rangers, hunters, border patrol, and responsible gun owners who won't give up their Second Amendment rights to their arms. And you know what they all said? We want secure and safe schools and we want gun laws that won't make it so easy for these bad guys to get these damn guns. We need responsible gun ownership. We need background checks. We need to raise the minimum age to purchase an AR-15 rifle to 21. Responsible gun owners are fed up with the Second Amendment being abused and hijacked by some deranged individuals. These regulations are not a step back. They are a step forward for a civil society and for the Second Amendment. And this Newsmax reporter asshole, James Rosen, stands up and says, were you grandstanding just now, sir? And I'm sitting here 
and I'm thinking of the context. Matthew McConaughey is a Uvalde resident with deep ties to the entire state of Texas. One of the best representatives that we have here in Austin, Texas, of what Austin culture is all about, right? It's about inclusivity and embracing everyone and, and being able to dialogue and disagree in a civil way. And this reporter has the goal, after Matthew McConaughey explains that a lot of the kids were so mutilated because of the size of the AR-15 rounds that the only way you could describe and identify these kids was by the clothing or jewelry they were wearing. And because DNA tests, yeah. And DNA tests. <clears throat> and the first thing that Newsmax asshole James Rosen decides to ask is, were you just grandstanding right now, sir? In the, that's the state of the country for everybody that's listening out there. You know, Matthew McConaughey had a great comment. He said, we're a lot less divided than they want you to believe. And I sure. really do believe that. But my God, the loud minority that is stupid as all fuck on all sorts of issues is getting louder, it seems like. It's getting louder. And uh, I'm all for free speech, man. But I'm also for words have accountability. You know, have some accountability for your words and words have consequences. And um, yeah, Mr. Rosen probably would have got slapped. Yeah. Probably um, should have got slapped. I don't have a lot to add there. We've talked a lot about this, but, you know, it's not a gun grab. And, and I'm talking as, as a gun owner as well I mean, and an AR-15 owner, right? They're, they're not coming for the guns. This is America. There's over 400 million firearms in this country. They're not going to take them away uh, because of the Second Amendment, right? Because they exist, right? You know, from my cold dead hands is a real thing. So they're not going to come and take your guns, but uh, they can be smarter about how they issue them and the waiting periods uh, and things like that. And, you know, I take issue with, 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 with some of the stuff as well. You know, if you want to move it to 21, that's fine with me. That's not some babies to, that's not some babies to die on foreign soil at 18. If we're going to change the, 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 the AR 15, uh, age 21, let's do that for the military too. Um, and then you got people like uh, Justin Amash, who, who, who I, I think pretty, pretty highly of, he's not in Congress anymore, but you know, he was tweeting about how absolute the, the second amendment is, and he's not one of these NRA guys or wasn't one of these NRA guys has taken net zero dollars from them. And, and in fact, the, the NRA was spending money to get him out of office while he was hmm. in office and he's tweeting his support for the second amendment. So they're not oxymoronic, right? You can be a supporter of responsible gun ownership and, and want it to be responsible. Those two things aren't mutually exclusive. And that's what I was saying in the wake of the, uh, the tragedy. And, 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 you know, the doctor was testifying as well about the decapitation. I mean, just absolutely horrible. But what I was saying is that more people are more mature now, including myself and, 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 and others, I think. Like Matthew McConaughey is an example. I was telling you that after Sandy Hook, um, you know, I wasn't having the same feelings that I was having after Rivaldi. I think people are sensing the need for change now and that it can be done um, in a way that lets people to still exercise their, their Second Amendment rights while keeping them out of the hands of uh, people with prior records, people with mental health uh, issues, and, 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 and people who aren't mature enough to, to handle those weapons responsibly. Well said. Well said. I, I, I don't think that, you know, laws that encourage and incentivize safe, keeping your guns safe, keeping your guns locked up, I don't think that's unreasonable. I, I, I don't think that, you know, there, there's just so many common sense solutions not to prevent everything. We're not going to prevent everything. But man, I mean, if you stop one of these, 
is, is that not worth having to lock up your gun? You know, is that not I, worth having to wait seven days? Another one I read is about how police are selling their weapons, which I wasn't really tuned into. You know, we've we spent all this money since the mm-hmm. um, the Patriot Act since 9-11, you know, arming these police to the teeth. I mean, with all sorts of toys, right? And weapons of war, really. And, and they're selling them cause, so they can get new ones, right? And these weapons that the police have been selling are ending up now being used in crimes around the country. And that's a fact. Just look that up. I mean, that's an easy thing to put an end to, right? Why are we flooding the streets with police weapons? It doesn't make any sense. Why are we flooding Mexico with military uh, weapons? Exactly. I mean, you know, we could scale this out, right? We can, it, again, they're just making everything up. I hate to jump from one thing to the other, but, you know, I had, I, I, I had put on our topics list that we make up like 10 minutes before we actually get on here to just have our weekly therapy session and conversation. I had put on the list Cuba and Saudi Arabia. And, you know, my brother works for the Washington Post. He made news this week. It was pretty funny. You can Google him. He also won uh, a pretty prestigious award. So congratulations to him. He's a beautiful writer. But, um, you know, he made the news for some frivolous stuff this week. But he's a journalist for the Washington Post. And, you know, it's no secret that Saudi Arabia... Um, basically greenlit the murder of a Washington Post journalist in the Saudi embassy. They, they, greenlit? They, the king had his fingers delivered to him. Literally. Literally, right? And, and, and so when I look at that and I see Joe Biden's announcement that, you know, he wants to have a, a, a I forget the exact wording, but he wants a more, a more constructive relationship with Saudi Arabia and that he's going to visit um, while they continue to punish the hell out of Cuba Right. A a country that's more allied than foe, a country that hasn't really done anything to us since the late 50s, early 60s, when they buddied up with Russia, the same Russia that we won't really do much against other than send weapons to the Ukraine while that war continues. So hypocrisy on all sides. But it it angers me, Nick, to see the Biden administration in the U.S. take such a tough stance on a small island and nation like Cuba, who has one of the most educated populaces in the entire Western world, but yet lives in poverty because of the sanctions imposed against them by the U.S. And meanwhile, we're willing to go and, 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 and have conversations and dialogue and, and have a civil sit down with Saudi Arabia, who sent the bulk of the hijackers to 9-11 because that's where they came from and is mutilating Washington Post journalists and the fucking embassy. The hypocrisy is insane. And it angers me so much because they don't even try to hide it anymore. But yet we want to argue about dumb shit. That's right. We can't, we can't pass background, universal background checks. A check to see if you are fit and legally eligible to own a gun. We can't, argue, we can't decide on that as a country. But yeah, we're, we're cool going and sitting down with, you know, Saudi Arabia. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, by the way. I'm just trying to highlight the hypocrisy with how we treat Cuba versus how we treat a country like Saudi Arabia because we need the oil. While simultaneously, we want to tax windfall profits on oil companies that are finally making money. And also, we don't want to grant the leases to do more exploratory drilling. It, it's, it's a bizarre world, Nick. I mean... I mean they figured out how to keep us tribal, right? They know the hot button issues to, to press on and, and, 
and not press up against, you know, the Biden administration could do stuff uh, against what's going on in Texas with uh, uh, child abuse reporting laws and things like that. And, and there's relatively inaction. I think they, they like the, the infighting there and they like pointing at the boogeyman on, on the other side and uh, using that as a distraction against the larger means. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot to chew on there. Um, a lot of takes and a lot of opinions, but man, um, I saw a good article. There's a, there's a, there's a group that I follow on Twitter, the young Turks, right? And, and they tend to lean left, but they also tend to lean very libertarian and they're really good about calling out both sides, both major parties. They're, they, they, they lend more to tend to be more independent thinking the lean left socially on a lot of things. Like I lean left socially on a lot of things and fiscally I lean conservatively conservative, the old fashioned way, not the new fashioned way where they all just print money and hug and drink scotches back in back rooms. Right. Um, but they, they, they were highlighting the internal civil war between Democrats. And we highlighted this a year ago. How we, we thought it was coming, right? How I saw the, the, the breaks and the fissures and you saw it as well that fourth turning really starting to materialize with the AOCs not feeling like they're beholden to the Nancy Pelosi's or not feeling like they're going to have to play by the same rules that Schumer wants them to play by. And basically saying, we're going to rewrite this whole thing because you are not doing it right. And do I agree with everything AOC or, or anyone on the right or anyone on the left says? Absolutely not. But I do love to see the infighting. I do love to see that because these old ass politicians, um, they, 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 they got to go. And not because they're old because their ideas are old, because they're dated, because they're making careers out of mm -hmm. pimping everybody by keeping everybody busy with frivolous things while babies are getting decapitated and people sit in back rooms and ask how much of a check do you need to make sure that universal background checks don't happen. Rewrite the whole thing. The fourth turning is gonna, is gonna, I think, accelerate here in the coming months and years. We talk about it being a hot summer. I think it's gonna be a hot year. Um, we have Roe versus Wade decisions coming any day now, from what I hear. Um, if you know anything historically in America about, you know, women's reproductive rights and the the, the restrictions imposed on government and, and how, you know, some of the fringe groups on the left tend to react to that and how some of the fringe groups on the right tend to react to it being a hot button issue. It's violent. It's violent on both sides with the, with that loud minority. Um, so just get ready, folks, because I think between gun control and Roe versus Wade, and all the stuff that's coming, I think it's going to be a doozy of a summer. And you, I encourage everyone to be careful. You know that that's a perfect warning, by the way. You know that um, it's Pride Month and um, I live here next to North Idaho and um, over in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, they're having uh, dueling uh, events or gatherings this weekend. There's a Pride gathering and then there's a gathering of some, I, I don't know, I forget the name, you know pro-America, pro-gun rally type thing. And the police I mean, put out a warning saying that essentially what you just said, I mean, it's going to be a hot summer. Everybody keep their heads out there. And it being North Idaho, I mean, you know, the cops, the first line of the warning was we support the, the Second Amendment, right? Like these people are going to be out here carrying weapons while you're having your pride parade. So, I mean, they're putting out public warnings about that stuff. And I think that's what you're saying. Yeah. Absolutely. Meanwhile, here in Texas, our fucking genius politicians have us on grid watch because it's going to be hot this fucking week. Um, man, surprise, Texas is hot in June, dumb motherfuckers. And so the grid might fail again. Who knows? We'll see, right? But we have time to go and legislate whether you can take your kids to a drag queen show. They want to make that illegal. 
Well, and here's the perfect way that they obfuscate and they keep you guys uh, infighting, right? Like I saw uh, Ted Cruz was tweeting this week about how it was the Green New Deal that is causing the the grid problems in Texas. And I was thinking, <laughs> first of all, I was thinking to myself, like, what Green New Deal? Like that hasn't gone through yet. There's there's no been laws passed about the energy mix and what sources can be used. You still use plenty of natural gas and coal in Texas. So first of all, that didn't make any sense. And second of all, like <laughs> Texas operates its own grid. I mean, it's the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, right? Not of the Green New Deal. And I, I put that out on twitter the other day and it's just it's so nonsensical like that didn't even make sense and yet that's a u.s senator tweeting that because he knows that it's gonna uh rile up and uh, the lowest members of our tribe right and 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 that's unfortunate that they do that and that people can't see through it unfortunate indeed let's um yeah you know we've said it a lot of times let's find better ways to disagree let's disagree passionately let's disagree factually let's disagree civilly and, and let's agree that we can disagree but i i got friends who i disagree with 70 to 80 percent of their views how they express them their timing on them um their thoughts and opinions and we'll sit there have debates and at the end of every night love you guys have a good night i still think you're a fucking idiot but i love you <laughs> I don't got to shoot him. I don't got to hit him every time. I don't got to beat him up. I don't, you know, I don't need to go in front of his house and, um, you know, protest. We just agree to disagree for the reasons that we agree to disagree about. And I'm sure he feels the same way. He's probably like fucking little as Gerardo has a big mouth and has an opinion on everything. And he thinks he's got these facts to back up his opinion. And, you know, he runs around here just fucking you know, hunky dory happy most of the time. But yet he bitches about all these things. I'm sure he thinks that. And that's super cool. Still love you. Still love you. I still think you're a kind, upstanding, cool human being. I think you got great ethics and and we still hang out every week. Why can't we do more of that, right? Why can't we do more of that? I don't know. We can go talk to Saudi Arabia, though. And that's what I'm trying to tell y'all. Watch how the game is being played. We're sitting down with Saudi Arabia, who had a Washington Post journalist with dual citizenship. He was an American, too. Murdered in the embassy by the king. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, um, back to the markets. Quebec is getting really interesting. Rio Tinto just announced a strategic partnership with Nano One to uh, collaborate on battery metals. Right. And it's all it's a small one. It's only ten million dollars. But Rio Tinto has deep pockets. And I don't think that Rio Tinto um, is making one move without having four moves planned. And so I would look for that part of Canada, which, by the way, has received government support to develop uh, everything from battery metals plants to gigafactories to a critical metal supply chain. I look for that part of Canada to really emerge as a leading critical metals hub in North America. I am talking my own book because you all know where Patriot Battery Metals is, right? And Patriot Battery Metals is right in that region. But I, I Patriot Battery Metals, and my bias aside, because I own quite a bit of that, um, I, I, I would really look for a lot of the players there. Um, Critical Elements Lithium, right, has the Rose uh, project there. Um, there's a couple of other deposits nearby where if I'm looking forward two years, three years, four years, if I'm a Rio Tinto and I really want to make inroads in the critical metal space, 
I started scooping up these companies and consolidating the entire region because you can have decades, you can have generations of production and exploration in that part of the world. So that might be something for people if it's not on your radar and you're looking for a safe jurisdiction. Um, yeah, yeah. For companies that are exploring and developing uh, battery metals, it, it, it doesn't get much better than that, right? I was just going to say, so Rio Tinto has been trying to make inroads into the, the battery metals. They had that Jadar uh, lithium project in Serbia that the people put to a, a halt or at least a, a slowdown. And so that didn't pan out for them. They've also got... Um, Multi-billion dollar project, yeah. by the way. That's a setback. Yeah, a big one. And so they've got to be looking for other projects, right? And they've got one in California where they, they've also got um, a refining plant, you know, producing battery grade uh, lithium, not just uh, the brine, for example. But yeah, it, and they just learned a lesson in jurisdictions. So you mentioned Quebec and, you know, going back years ago now, right? Quebec had this thing called the Plan Nord. Um, it was a plan for them to become a, a, a natural resource hub uh, because of all the things that they're endowed with there, right? Uh, multiple minerals, including some that are strategic for these battery and green initiatives that we're trying to um, affect globally. And so, yeah, um, you mentioned critical elements. I'm a shareholder of that. Uh, actually, we recommended that just today to, mm. to readers of Family Office Advantage and um, the Patriot Battery Metals is there. And so jurisdiction matters. And, and that's why, you know, when, when we make recommendations and we, we look at projects. We'd like to choose ones that are not in Serbia and and and, and in places that are you know ranked high in the, in the Fraser Institute study of safe jurisdictions. And so I think you're spot on with that. And 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 it also ties into the um, theme of, of redomestication or, or, or re-onshoring some of this stuff, uh, not having to rely on, on on foreign jurisdictions for North American supply of critical elements. And so a lot of things are lining up there. I think. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I want to go back to gold and an opportunity that we haven't talked about in quite a bit, but Perpetual Resources, formerly mm -hmm. Midas Gold, has been breeding shares, right? <laughs> What's that? So they're, they're chirping. They're, they're, they're yeah. saying our permit's coming. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and they've been bleeding shares. Uh, you know, we found out the Barrick had been shopped in a pretty big position. It looks like that position has been unloaded. They have a new supportive shareholder that took a block of that, from what I understand. And, it, you know, it looks like that was the cause, along with, you know, the apathy in the gold sector for the past, you know, damn near 12 months because the gold price hasn't broken out. Everybody's waiting for that. But Perpetua's looking pretty healthy at these levels. I still own it in the portfolio. Um, Goldfields went shopping. It just dropped about $7 billion in an all share deal to buy a company and, you know, proceeded to go down 20% the very next day for its troubles. <laughs> That's attractive as well. So, I mean, again, if you're going to be a contrarian, folks, you know, the patriots of the world and the critical elements of the world, I still think those companies can trade many multiples of today's prices. But the time to be a contrarian with those was early on where we knew they were onto something significant. We knew it was going to grow. None of us you know, still know how big those deposits can get and how profitable they can be. In the case of critical elements, you have more economic parameters. In the case of Patriot, they could be onto the biggest lithium deposit in the entire world. I mean, there's a very real potential for that, but we don't know yet. I mean, all we know is they likely have at least 100 million tons, and that's still pretty darn big. When it comes to some of these gold names, the time to be buying those names is now, and it has been for the past several months. I don't know that we find, you know, the Almadens or the Perpetuas or the Revival Golds of the world at these prices for another six months. 
Like this may be the last opportunity to top that por portion of your portfolio off. I mean, talking lithium, Nick, you and I wrote a check for Nevada Sunrise Gold at three cents. We saw it go to 30 cents. Then we saw it come back to four, five, six cents. Every time it goes down, I just buy more and, and write another check in the financing and collect a warrant and, 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 and just sit on it, right? And so now here we are breaking out back to 33 cents on a lithium discovery. Can that go to a dollar? Yes, but everybody's looking now. Everybody's looking. So it may be quicker from 30 cents to a dollar than it was from three cents to 33 cents. But man, it feels good to have three cent shares. And five cent warrants. And five cent warrants. Absolutely. So trying to give some contrarian guidance for those of you that may be newer to the space that are frustrated by the action in the gold games. If you have capital to allocate, you should be rejoicing about the price action right now. If you're the CEO of a gold company, you're listening to this and saying, buzz off, Gerardo. <laughs> we don't want to hear it. We want a higher share price. The higher share prices are coming for the quality companies like the Revival Golds. I absolutely believe that. If you're out there speculating in this space, gold hasn't gone anywhere for Midas. The gold hasn't gone anywhere, you know, for 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 Ixtaca and, and, and Almaden. Uh, that's a permit situation. Midas, they have a permit situation. We're going to see if they're able to work through that. But if they do, you're going to be paying 10 times what you're able to pay for right now. Mm -hmm. They seem to be pretty confident as the, as the decision approaches. We'll see if it gets delayed. It's been delayed multiple times, but they're awarding some of the cleanup contracts this week, which to me is a, a hint, hint to the market. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do if you're, you know, uh, uh, a part of the green movement and they're cleaning up and, you know, remediating a site that has been trashed for the Super last 70, 80 years? Basically, yeah. yeah. What, what are you going to do? You're going to tell them, no, pull the contract. We don't want you to clean it. How are you going to you know, respond to your board and the people that follow you and that, 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 you know, believe that you're environmentally friendly. So, no, I think it has a lot going for it. Um, op opportunities, again, it's a free podcast, y'all, but man, I, there, there's a lot to chew on and a lot of names there. Anything else you want to add this week, Nick? Oh, gosh, let me, I'd have to flip over to the list, Gerardo. You were doing pretty good going down it there. No, I think, I think we covered a lot of stuff. <laughs> Lauren Bulbert's in trouble. I, I mentioned her up top. She drove further than the planet's. 24,901 miles circumference. Did you see that one? No, but she was the same one that was saying we didn't ground planes after 9-11. And, and that's just a total misnomer because we did pass significant legislation that, that, that altered the freedoms of Americans in an attempt to reduce those events happening again, right? And that's pretty analogous to, to the gun control debate. A lot of dumb things come out of her mouth, but now she's being charged with fraud. She oh. cashed two checks. Yeah. She cashed two checks from her campaign, totaling $22,259 for a mileage reimbursement. But the figure worked out to 38,712 miles, which again is much further than the planet's than the 20. <laughs> <laughs> and so now she's gonna have to explain <laughs> what she's doing with all this gas. And that's what we anyway. mean about the being making a career out of it, right? I mean, that's not the way it's supposed to be. These folks are going into Congress to to, to generate income and to, to make a career for themselves and to um, pad their pockets. And that's not what public service is all about. And if you can't see through that thinnest of veils, man, I don't have much time for you. Me either. Me either. Nick, anything to add? 
No, I'll put up a link to where you can get this shirt and your shirt. Not that we're hawking goods and we don't get any kickbacks or anything like that, but we just think it's cool apparel. And uh, this one is from a gentleman in Missouri who is hand printing each one of these when he gets an order. You got to direct message him on Twitter to get one. So pretty cool. I love it. I encourage everybody and we have on this show to have a good attorney on speed dial. I have my federal, my former federal prosecutor attorney who's still federally licensed as a criminal defense attorney. I have his number here and I have for the last 20 years. And even believe you me, a retainer stays there. Um, I college, call him any college, time of the night. My college roommate yeah. is an attorney. Yep. There you go. So yeah. you, everybody in America that wants to film the police, <laughs> it's your absolute right to be able to do so. It's also probably prudent to have an attorney, attorney's number that you trust and, and whose number you can memorize on speed dial. Because again, I think it's going to be a hot summer. I think there's going to have to be a lot of caution taken. And I hope I am wrong. I hope I'm so wrong. I hope it's the most calm, peaceful uh, summer that America has seen in some time um, that isn't COVID inspired. But I suspect that's not going to be the case. I hope everybody has a phenomenal week. Uh, news that I'm watching for, I'm watching to see um, all of the PDAC news that unfortunately I won't be there in person for, but I'm sure there's going to be lots to chew on as companies like to put on, you know, their best pair of shoes during PDAC. So it should be an interesting week for Newsflow and a busy week here at Bizarro World, at Resource Stock Digest, and at Digest Publishing. I am Gerardo Del Real. It's been great as always hanging out with my therapy session buddy, Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 173 of Bizarro World. Say something nice to the people, Nick. I'm supposed to say comment with any questions you have and click the like and subscribe button. So I'm glad I remembered to work that in. See you guys. Is it down there? Is it up there? <laughs> <laughs> hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.